Welcome to the Vertifor Insurance Podcast with Rick Fox. We're here to talk about the industry with some of its biggest influencers. From technology, trends, and current events, if it's happening in insurance, you'll hear about it here. Make sure to tune in every week and join in on the conversation with us on social media at Vertifor. And now, here's Rick Fox. Welcome back to another episode of the Vertifor Insurance Podcast, the VIP. I'm the host, Rick Fox, and today I get to do an interview that I'm very excited about. We have Ron Glosman, CEO of Chisel AI on the line, a Canadian, a Toronto guy. Uh, we just had a good conversation about the Toronto Raptors and how they might get to hold their title for two years since the NBA is, as of now, not really doing anything. Ron, thank you for coming on. We're excited about this. We appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Really excited to be here. And yes, you know, fortunately and unfortunately, we will hold the title, I think, for <laughs> the longest reign in NBA history. It's crazy. I'm an LA Lakers fan, and we finally were going back to the playoffs this year. And now, uh, no. no. That that being said, let's 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 move on to this. I don't want to get all. I'm going to get bummed out. The energy is going to come. Let's stay positive here, Ron. You've got a lot uh, of great information. You got a cool story. Uh, I'm going to do what we normally do. I'm just going to kick it over to you and let you kind of tell us your story, tell us your background, how we ended up here today. Yeah, so my name is Ron Glasman. I'm the CEO and founder of Chisel AI, as mentioned, a Toronto-based AI vendor specializing on uh, commercial insurance for both brokers and carriers. Um, but before I talk about what we do, I'll start with the founding story. And so I started working on the initial hypothesis, which is a slightly different problem statement than the one that we do today, about five and a half years ago. At the time, I was a student at the University of Waterloo, which is one of the uh, top tech schools in Canada, I studying computer science and business, and it was exam season. And I said to myself, you know, there just has to be a better way. It doesn't make sense that a textbook is a thousand pages and the final exam is 10 pages. That's like 1% of the content. So how can I be more efficient with my time and my studying? And so I said to myself, what if I could teach a computer how to read and create summaries of textbooks? <laughs> So that I was in school, Ron, where were you? Sorry. Where were you when I was in school? I could have used that. That would have been awesome. I, I, I wish, and I'm, I have many, many people who say that to me. <laughs> um, unfortunately, you know, I, I wasn't at the stage of my life yet where I could develop that software. Um, but you know, it was around 2014, 2015. I was working on this app. I put it out there on the app store. My friends heard it. Well, my friends urged me to put it on the app store and it, it you know, got 180 something downloads in the first two weeks, which was, it's okay. Nothing to call yeah, home about, awesome. but it was fine. Yeah. And then overnight it got posted on product hunt. You know, we were talking earlier how you get to pay a California tax, which is the yep. sunshine tax. Yep. A nice way to put it. Yep. And uh, so product hunt for those who are unfamiliar is a publication based out of uh, San Francisco, you know, Silicon Valley, the, the heart of startup land. Yep. And uh, the way it works is every 24 hours and, you know, Pacific standard time starting at midnight, people get to submit websites and a, a website can only ever be submitted once. And uh, people get to basically upvote it. Just like Facebook, there's no downvote or like dislike button. There's only a like button. We're all right. about positivity here. Love it. And so uh, it ended up being, you know, my app ended up being on the front page, which means it was <sighs> wow. one of the top 10 apps that day. And 
you know, basically I woke up over overnight and there were 2000 plus new signups when I'd gotten 180 wow. in, in two weeks, I got 2000 in one day and it went on to be very successful. One of the best 50 apps for students of all time, according to Google. That is so, awesome. Yeah, I'm very happy about that. But unfortunately, students, you know, don't have a lot of discretionary income. <laughs> and so um, I worked on it as a hobby for almost the next two years. And then in 2016 timeframe, uh, RBC, the Royal Bank of Canada, was having their first ever machine learning conference. And they said, Ron, come and talk about uh, natural language processing, which is the, the core of the technology that teaches computers how to read. And so I came, I presented at this conference. It was a panel, more like a Q&A style, took, adding, uh, took questions from the audience. And about five minutes after I get off stage, an email comes in through the contact form on our homepage. And it says, hey, just saw you present. Um, I know this is an app for students, but I think insurance can really benefit from this type of technology. Okay, all right. You have five minutes to chat. And so, you know, I, I took a look at the sender. The email said at aon.com. So I did a quick Google. Wow. I, I knew that they sponsored, you know, my favorite soccer team, Manchester United, but I didn't know ah. else. So I was like, all right, who is this? What do they do? Turns out they're like the second biggest brokerage firm in the world. Yep. Public company, you know, Fortune 2000. So I was like, wow, this is big. I followed up quickly on the email, said, yes, would love to chat. You know, are you here in the audience? Like, come meet me backstage. Um, met with the senior VP, exchanged contact information. And, you know, a couple of weeks later, um, we met six times basically over the next eight weeks. And then we agreed to do a proof of concept where I would take the technology that would read those textbooks and teach it to read insurance policies and insurance binders. And the goal there would be to help them reduce their errors and omission risk. They go through a process that they yeah. call policy check where they want to make sure that the information negotiated pre-policy issuance, so like during the binding and the quoting process, matches what is in the final policy. And so that process traditionally is done manually, quite time-consuming, very labor-intensive, and quite error-prone. You know, it's, it's hundreds of pages, and it's one person sitting there with a red pen and a highlighter, and they can't be perfect. Humans right. are never of course perfect. not. And neither are machines. And we'll talk about that a little bit later on and, and the difference between the two. Well, that's, Ron, two things. One, yeah. that is an awesome story. And I'm really excited that we get to now learn from a guy who's been kind of all over the place with different, different things that you've done and all this AI that you, that you not only have in your mind, but now have put into our industry, into this insurance world. Number two, I just have to say, it is not, it, this will be the first time on a podcast that I've been able to talk about not only my two favorite leagues, the NBA, which we already talked about, and the EPL, the English Premier League. Yeah. Now, the only problem you and I are going to have is I'm a Man City guy. So that, oh, that is no. a problem, but, but let's get through that. Let's, let's move through. Let's, let's just keep going. Okay. So, so people listening in obviously probably saw the title that had AI and artificial intelligence and all of the machine learning that's going on, the, the, the words that are being dropped out there so much. So catchphrasy, it is very real. It, we, we experience it every single minute of every day now, right? It's, it's how Netflix knows that what movies to recommend for me. It's how Amazon knows other people have bought, like they're using AI to tell me what other items people have bought, things like that at the, at the main consumer level. 
But what you're doing there for insurance is really cool. And you're an expert in this field. So I want to ask this question. Talk to me about the types of AI. So if I'm a, a moderately tech savvy person and I, I've, heard the, I've heard it, I kind of understand it. Talk to me about, I think it's seven, you, you, you said there's seven types of AI. Let, let's kind of go through the list so people kind of understand what they might have heard of, what they probably have heard of, and then the things that they're like, oh, I've, yeah, what does that mean? Yeah, for sure. So yeah, there's, there's traditionally, and it really depends, you know, like most things in life, especially in school, you know, you start learning about like, there's the human body, and then the human body consists of cells. And then as you get deeper and deeper and deeper, there's more layers of complexity. So, you know, broadly speaking, at the highest level, one could classify it as seven levels. And so I would say this is a generally accepted um, approach. Maybe some people have different opinions. I'll preface it with that. But when, when, I, when I look at this and, you know, I do, I do research on this topic, uh, the first type of artificial intelligence is traditionally machine learning. So machine learning is, in my view, primarily a academic endeavor. So you can, you can go to university and study different types of machine learning. And inside machine learning, you have different areas of research and experimentation deep learning, supervised learning, unsupervised, reinforcement learning, etc. Many different types of machine learning that are all types of AI. And we actually end up using many of those techniques in other types of artificial intelligence systems. But machine learning in itself is typically a branch of artificial intelligence. Okay, okay. Next comes the branch of natural language processing. And that's the branch where we focus on. And at the highest level, natural language processing can be summarized as you know, communicating with a machine in a natural approach. And that means both speech and understanding. And then as well as, so speech to text and text to speech would probably be the easiest two ways for me to talk about it. Um, so one example of that would be, for example, you talking to Siri and mm -hmm. asking it a question and being mm -hmm. like, hey, Siri, what's the weather in Sunnyvale? And then it says, hey, Ron, the weather in Sunnyvale today is 68 degrees, right? So you did speech to text. So you spoke and it translated it to text and then it did text to speech. Um, and then within that, there was obviously as well uh, an example of basically question answering, which is another type of natural language processing. Okay. Now, the other two types, the areas that we focus on have to do with written uh, natural language. And that's typically content extraction and classification. So that would be able to distinguish, for example, uh, what are called entities. An entity can be thought of as a noun. So it's a person, a place, or a thing. So, you know, who are all of the names in this document? Or what are all the organizations? Who are all the underwriters? Who are all the brokers? Uh, then you can have things like financial information. So, um, you know, you can pull out all the different numbers. So January 1st, 2019, January 1st, 2020, $1 million, $10,000, $1,000. So that's extraction. That then is awesome. That is so cool. <laughs> I love this. Go on. I, I love it. And, that's, so that, and that is cool. And that, that's just the extraction piece. But I think the piece that, you know, sort of, and one piece doesn't work without the other, really. The piece that, that combined with this makes it so much more powerful is classification. So then being able to say that $1 million is the limit, $10,000 was the deductible, $1,000 was the premium, right? So it's being able to add context to those numbers that you're reading and being able okay. to understand the relationship between them because sometimes you have an endorsement that might override something on the deck page. 
Um, and so that's that's the area of, of my of my research and our research at and I just, and our, and our main focus. Ron, I just want to I just want to do a little translation for my uh, for my American listeners. So when Ron says natural language processing, that is actually processing to you out there listening <laughs> that are in America. We just we just say he says potato, I say potato. We just say things a little differently down here. <laughs> Fair enough. I'm sorry. That's that's the British English. Yeah, that's uh, the British English. I like it. They make me spell everything with a U. And it's do you funny say do you say schedule or do you say schedule? No, I do say schedule. It okay, kills okay, me when okay. people say schedule. It kills me. <laughs> Um, All right, go on. I, I, I digress, but, but yeah. please, this is great. Keep going. So, so far we've covered two, machine learning and natural language processing. Next comes expert systems. And expert systems is actually, it's, it's something that I would say most people traditionally wouldn't think of as artificial intelligence, but it is. So an expert system is a rules-based system. And it's, there have been expert systems, I think the earliest that I've saw as early as 1978. Right, so it's been around for a while. And an expert system is something that can do something basically just as good as a human, if not better. So it's a very, and it's typically a problem that is very well structured, requires no judgment. That's probably the easiest way to, to segment okay. what type of problem solves. Mm -hmm. It's something that can have a rule set system that can be followed step by step, and it, it's an expert system. And, and that to me is typically where RPA falls. And in my mind, RPA, isn't really AI, but if people do want to say it's AI, it could pass as an expert system. Okay. Um, next comes machine vision. This is a cool one. Again, a lot of people experience this. Like if you've ever been in a Tesla or you've probably heard about self-driving cars, this is where mm -hmm. that technology comes in. Mm -hmm. Image recognition. And this, is a big, and this is a big thing in the insurance industry right now because as the, as the cars change, uh, obviously, so do the coverages and the way you cover cars. So, yeah, I, I'm very interested in how this plays, in, how that works in the background and what you call this, because that's a big part of auto insurance as we look into the future. For sure. I think the industry is going to go through a lot of changes. As yeah, you say. for sure. And so, um, you know, machine vision. Very cool. And then the image recognition. And also I would say drones fall in this category. There are a lot of cool startups that are doing like aerial assessment of properties um, and just very cool uses, you know, planes. And I don't think planes actually use machine vision to do this, but a lot of people know this. There's autopilot and autopilot has been around for a long time. Mm -hmm. And we're not starting to have that on cars. Now the implementation is very different, but the technology, at least for the cars, as you mentioned, is, is the machine vision and the image recognition. Um, then comes the, the speech part. And, and so this, and so this is a little bit of a distinguishment from what I was saying earlier. Um, I sort of bundled the two where Siri is an implementation of a question answer system, right? Like that's the cool thing about Siri is you ask a question and it answers that's natural language processing, but there's a different type of artificial intelligence, which is speech, which is just being able to understand different dialects. As you said, if you get somebody from South Africa, you get somebody from Australia, India, all of the different English speaking countries that have different accents and maybe even different dialects, that's very complex for a human to understand, let alone a machine. So there's a lot of research that goes into speech, not to be confused with question answers, which are an, an implementation of both technologies at once. Okay. Um, then there's planning. So there's a lot of systems like just in time, 
right? Like, so just-in-time is a really cool invention. Toyota sort of came to market with it. A lot of other car manufacturers and other industries have adopted it. There's also machine learning systems that are focused, or not machine learning, but artificial intelligence systems focused on that. And then finally, robotics. This is the one that sort of most people think of as like the Terminator. This is the one that people think of like humanoid robots. Yes and no. Like it exists in a very small capacity, very small skill set. And it's not self-learning in the sense that like to my knowledge, what most people fear is what, what the industry calls general artificial intelligence, which is a system that puts all seven together today there's no system that does that so for example if you have a a machine learning system that's self-learning and it does robotics for -hmm. example it will learn better hand-eye coordination so as for example you're training it to catch a football let's say it will get better at catching a football until it's the best football catcher in the world (laughs) but it's it's not gonna learn how to read Got it's it. not going to learn how to like shoot a gun or like whatever. Right. right? Yeah. That's, that's the next level of intelligence that, that today just doesn't exist. So just, you know, want to give people a sense of peace and calm. On okay. That. Okay. And that's it. So those are the seven machine that's learning, awesome. natural language processing, expert systems, vision, speech, planning, robotics. I love that. And what's cool about this is you just got a crash course in AI, everybody, everybody listening in, listening to a guy who knows it as well as anybody I've talked to is giving you kind of the roadmap. And Ron, we appreciate that. That's, that's really cool. So let me talk to, let let me, let's get more specific to insurance and, and talk about very like, what are the pain points right now that, that we're feeling with the things we're trying to do and with where, where your world interacts with the insurance world and what, what are those pain points? Yeah. And I'll take two approaches to this. Cause I think, you know, at the time of, of recording, and I, I know that this, will, when this goes out, this will still be probably the reality of the situation is there's the, you know, coronavirus COVID-19. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We can talk about that. Cause mm-hmm. I think that's, there's an interesting spin to that. And it's sure. Time. Yeah. I'd love to. And we can talk more and more generally. So more generally, you know, the, Again, our focus is on natural language processing and more specifically content extraction and classification. The beautiful thing is the insurance industry, as, as you know, we all know, is very, very data rich, probably one of the most data rich industries in the world. And a lot of that data is in, quote unquote, paper form. Now, that paper might be digital, it might be a Word document or a PDF, which is ideal. Some people still fax. Hopefully we'll get away from that eventually. Um, But our focus is to be able to read that paperwork and extract that. And so there's many areas you can think about that. For example, there's companies we've seen that solve this in claims, right? There's companies we've seen, because there's a lot of paperwork and claims. We've seen seen companies uh, that focus, for example, on quoting as, as one area. Uh, the two areas that we've been very successful in and the ones that we have the most expertise in to date are uh, the first one that I mentioned that we started doing work on with Aon back in the day mm-hmm. was policy check. So that one is primarily a broker focused solution, although we do have carriers who are interested in it so that they provide a better contract certainty to their brokers and at the end of the day, the policyholders. Um, and what that does is it basically um, reads the documents throughout the binding and the quoting process. So we're talking about uh, a binder 
or a quote, an expired policy against a new policy and making sure that there's no unexpected changes. Any unexpected changes basically get flagged for a human to review and just confirm, accept or deny. Uh, the difference is, again, that takes hours today, typically between two hours to four hours, just depending on the length and complexity of the policy. We help get that down to minutes with significantly uh, better accuracy than a human. And I mentioned this earlier, and I'll take two, not even two minutes to, to talk about this, which is what should be the bar of excellence that AI should be expected to achieve? Because, you know, in an ideal world, per perfect, you know, would be the bar, a hundred percent. But I think not, nothing in life is a hundred. Nothing is perfect. Nothing's perfect. Other than uh, this podcast, other than me hosting this podcast, nothing else in the world is is perfect, Ron. That's I'm right. I'm kidding. That's I'm kidding. right. Go ahead. Um, and so, um, you know, the bar to be set is that AI should be as good. And then there's a couple of different wordings you could use, but the wording that we strive for chisel is it should be good as good as your as the average person on their best day okay okay i like that so what that means is an average person depending on the on the study and the exact thing there's been a lot of research on this like when it comes to reading and like catching spelling mistakes and data and, and comparable things is about 95 percent. so okay pretty good pretty good so pretty darn good and our bar should be basically to be 95% or better. And so that, that, and that's where we are today. You know, we're, we're 95 plus percent, depending on the line of business and some other things could be 98 plus percent. And that's good, but it's not a hundred percent. And I just want to be clear. Okay. If you ever hear a vendor tell you they're a hundred percent accurate, you run, you run for the hills. <laughs> um, Okay, so, so the other thing that we've had a lot of success in applying artificial intelligence to is the intake of new business. So as carriers receive submissions, one of the things that they struggle with is they receive a lot of submissions because the costs are basically, you know, for a broker, once they've put together a submission package is nothing. They, they send it out to market to as many, you know, carriers as they think would have appetite to service that risk. And right. sometimes just everybody, because to them, it's nothing. You just append somebody on the email list. Um, for, the, for the carrier, it's a lot of work. It's hundreds of dollars to generate a quote if it gets to that stage. And so they'll spend a lot of time trying to triage and prioritize and filter out the backlog. So they're trying to filter out bad business based on their um, underwriting principles, which are set out by the chief underwriter or the principal underwriting officer. Um, and so our solution allows you to read documents as they come in in real time, typically through email or through portal or through some type of digital means. Um, they come in, our, our technology using natural language processing has the ability to read emails, uh, PDF documents, Word, Excel, we're talking like applications, schedules of vehicles, um, jewelry lists, contractors lists, uh, property lists, etc. extract all the information and apply their underwriting rules to automatically triage out the business that doesn't meet the risk. Today, that's a job that takes roughly 30 minutes to do. 
once that's done, somebody would traditionally sit there and have to do some data entry into uh, a variety of different systems, CRM, clearance and registration, quoting system, etc. That typically took around two hours to do. Our system, again, automates that. It extracts the necessary data, puts it into all the necessary systems. And finally, if uh, a lot of carriers today are starting to implement APIs, if they have an API that supports that type of business based on the line of business and the, and the size of premium, et cetera, we can actually ping the quote, generate the quote, and send it back to the customer all literally within like 10 to 30 seconds of that submission coming in. Today, it takes weeks and costs hundreds of dollars. Okay. And, and let, okay. So, so the cool thing here, Ron, for me is that, that all the stuff you're talking about is, is really directly related to just making things more efficient at the, at this case, between the carrier, the, the communication between agencies and carriers. So for me, uh, that is that is where the win is here, and and I think you were like briefly. I don't want to I don't want to take up too much of your time, and we want to keep this a you know a nice length for our listeners. But but you mentioned the coronavirus, and and I'm I'm seeing right now in the marketplace that the carriers are starting to lean in more now that we've gone remote and things are different, and they're starting to look at tech in a different way, which is which might be one of the silver linings of all of this, if you can call it a silver lining, but. As we go through the virus and we go through this new normal, uh, I'm I'm having conversations and seeing, especially at the carrier level, uh, them be way more open to these these kind of interactions, these kind of conversations where we're letting technology uh, change change that interaction, change that communication, change that integration, however you want to put that. Would you agree with that? A hundred percent. I think you hit the nail on the head. I mean, I think. It's always important to have perspective and to have multiple perspectives and, and, and just, you know, face the realities of the situation In every good situation, you know, sometimes there might be something bad and, and ideally in bad situations, there, there should be some type of silver lining. And I think you're right in the sense that right now there's an opportunity for vendors to really shine for their customers and, and you know a lot of these customers are going through dramatic change i talked a little bit about policy check and today in some of these companies it's literally being done by a pen and paper and mm-hmm. some of these companies actually have a two-person review so the way it was done was a person a would do the check and physically walk a piece of paper with a red pen and highlighted mm-hmm. like mistakes to person b who would then sit there and do the check like a second check Guess what? That's impossible in today's climate. And so they're looking and they're having to do a lot of, of uh, change management. And so it's our part of our duty to support them through that. But they're also looking at us. And this is where I think there's a silver lining that we can support them in their time of need. And the flip side of that is like, you know, there'll be more usage of our products, which ideally drives a better relationship and yep. a more profitable relationship for all parties involved. So yes, I, I do believe that this is an exciting time. I recognize that it's a hard time, um, but I think that it's also a time that, as you said, the industry is recognizing that tech is one solution. It's, it doesn't solve every problem, no. but it does solve some problems. Well, and I think it's a good transition into my final uh 
direct question for you before we always end the same way we end, but I want to say this. So I get this a lot from people and I think it's, it's a, a level of un, not understanding what, what AI is and not really grasping the value of it at times. And, you know, uh, and, and as we know, especially in the insurance industry, but it just in life, uh, people are afraid of change and this is change. The way you're talking and the things that you're doing are amazing but they are also different than the way it was done in the past and the, the comfort level, especially again in our industry where things have been the same for a long time. So the, the thing I always hear is, well, AI or uh, machine learning, they're going to take jobs away from our industry. So talk to me about that being a myth and how, in fact, it might actually be the opposite. Yeah, and, and I think, you know, this... I'm going to speak specifically to insurance because I think especially with a broad statement like that, it just, it's just that it's a broad statement. Right. In some industries, it may be taken away job. So I, I can't speak to everything. I haven't done enough research to, to speak with confidence to every industry. But I can say in the insurance industry, it's definitely not true. And we have the numbers and statistics to show for it. Um, you know, the interesting thing is the age demographic says that more than 50% of people in the insurance industry are above the age of 50, which means they expect to retire in the next 10 to 15 years. Whereas new grads entering the workforce, only 4% of them are taking interest mm -hmm. in the insurance field. And so when you actually play out the numbers, 4% of the, the new grads entering the workforce will not be enough to even sustain the workforce the companies have, let alone allow them to grow, right? And no, nobody wants to be stagnant, of course. let alone like moving backwards. <laughs> and so there's going to be in the next 10 to 15 years, a huge crunch. And the, the scariest thing and the other thing is that there's a lot of quote-unquote tribal knowledge and maybe yes. tribal knowledge in the word, but there's a lot of That's acquired knowledge yep. that needs to be shared. And one way to do that is through artificial intelligence because it's a learning system, right? And it, that's the one thing is like, it doesn't die. It doesn't ever retire, <laughs> go away, right? Yeah. It doesn't retire. And so that's the beautiful thing. How do you bridge that gap? And that's where I think we come in as a vendor and, and others come in is we can help them solve the problem of how do they our, our one of our motos, and this is not our company mission statement, but one of our, our slogans is uh, double your business with your existing workforce. Yeah. And so that's our efficiency. goal. Yep. And, it, and it's, the, it's even the opposite, which is imagine your workforce is cut in half. Let's at least try to maintain where you are. Yes. I love that. I love that. Well, and, and it's great too, is just it, it, this kind of a podcast with you, it should open people's minds up to the possibilities because a lot of times it, like I said, it can sound, it can feel foreign. And I, I don't mean that because you're Canadian. I mean, foreign to what they're used to thinking <laughs> and, <laughs> and, uh, but, but it's, it's just change. And so I hope everyone really kind of listened in and, you know, took a, took a really those seven different ways and kind of to hear them spelled out really, really is awesome. Ron, we appreciate it. I'm going to ask you the last question that I always ask everybody and it's, we're going we're gonna to record this next little bit. We're going to put it in a time capsule. We're going to bury it. Somebody's going to uncover it in a year or whenever. 
What is Ron Glasman's one big piece of advice for the insurance industry? See, it's interesting. It really, it really depends on the time. But I, I'll, I'll try to give a piece of advice, which I, I think is timeless. And I think it actually permeates all industries. It's, it's the frame of mind. It's the frame of mind that I hold very dear. And it's to um, solve difficult problems as simply as possible, but not simpler. And I'll, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what that means. Yeah, please. at least to I love me. that. Yeah. Um, I first heard it in an, in some type of engineering discipline, math or some type of complex science, like physics. And basically engineers love to come up with really, really, really good solutions. But sometimes they're so over-engineered and complex that the system is more likely to fail. And, and, and that's to me, is an important balance, which is the system that you're using to solve a problem cannot be more fragile than the problem it was trying to solve. That's right? so true. That like is so at true. its core. That is and so, so true. to me, like, I think the insurance industry has, you know, it's an amazing industry. I think it hasn't changed in many years and there's an opportunity right now to change. And from the flip side, you know, I think a lot of people are coming in with really, really creative solutions yes. that might be over-engineered and are not necessary. And it's our job to meet somewhere in the middle. And so my advice would be, you know, let's build it as simple as we can and not simpler. I love that. Ron, thank you so much for coming on. How do people get a hold of you? Is What's your website? Uh, is it LinkedIn the best way to get you? Like what's, what's, the, what's the best way to get a hold of you that people want to reach out? Yeah. So if, if people want to learn more about Chisel and what we do, and we have a blog and a podcast and they want to listen to some more of our thought leadership, they can check out www.chisel.ai. That's C-H-I-S-E-L.ai. Uh, you'll find our blog there and a link to a bunch of other stuff. If you want to follow us on LinkedIn, that's where we, follow, uh, where we share a lot of our information. Chisel AI, that's the name on LinkedIn. And then finally, if you want to, you know, Listen to me personally a little bit more. Uh, you can connect with me on LinkedIn, Ron Glosman, or you can reach out to me on Twitter. My last name is spelled G-L-O-Z-M-A-N, first name R-O-N. And he did give you a Z right there just to confirm that process and process, Z and Z. I wanted one more zinger and we got him. All right, Ron, thanks for being on, man. We really appreciate you and um, good luck with everything. Stay safe and stay healthy. Wash your hands and we will, uh, we'll catch everybody next time. Thanks everybody for tuning in. Thank you for listening to the Vertifor Insurance Podcast and tune in next Thursday for a brand new episode. You can find more episodes at vertifor.com under the resources tab or wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure you subscribe. And if you enjoyed this episode, share it on social and spread the word. Don't forget to join in on the conversation and recommend future guests by messaging us at Vertifor.